<sighs> so uh, there's no intro, so I'm gonna have to do it. Here we go. Do 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 Welcome to Ashamed the Thrones, your weekly recap podcast for HBO's uh I don't know, I'm gonna say Mrs. Potato Head of the TV show. Uh, my name is Doug. With me, as always, is Brian. Brian, how you doing? Good. What are the similarities between Mrs. Potato Head and Game of Thrones? I just think they're both not great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I don't know. Just yeah. I, like you know what? A That's poor my bad. substitute. I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have uh, thought there'd be logic behind it. My bad. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry about it. That's that's the 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 thing here. Uh, so I gotta say new season season seven and it couldn't have come at a worse time so my computer is currently being uh replaced and i have to wait for it to be delivered and i'm using somebody else's computer which i couldn't install any programs on so i'm using a crappy old usb interface from about 10 years ago so there's probably also going to be all sorts of interference i'm probably going to be stumbling and mumbling a lot unlike normal um it's just overall not going to be a great experience we're here for you guys. Plus, I'm getting over a cold. Enough of the excuses. Season fucking seven. Yeah. Okay, so what did you think about it, Brian? Right off the top. Well, I liked it a lot, um, even though not a lot actually happened. Um, you know, yeah. I, but it was very enjoyable. Uh, it just it seemed like a lot of repeats of last season. Just check in on everyone who's important for the most part, which is what they generally do with number ones. But uh, the fact that there's only 13 episodes left, it, it's very concerning that uh, that they kind of uh, spun the spun some wheels in the first episode. But again, all enjoyable. Yeah, I, I agree. I would uh, I hate to agree with you, but I agree almost on every point. I think a lot of it. We expect a certain amount of just table setting with a uh, season opener, but, uh, you know, it's a lot of just rehashing, like characters said much of the same things or they just rehashed the same conversation they had in the last episode of last season, which is a little disconcerting. Um, Number two, I guess I bought into the hype and I was expecting everything to be epic. I was expecting at least something I don't know, monumental or really cool to happen. And I think they tried to push two uh, scenes as being that. And it just didn't, neither scene hit as hard as it should have. Uh, and basically that's the opening scene and the closing scene. And we'll talk about that in more detail, but yeah, as a whole, I enjoyed it, but, uh, not a lot kind of happened, but that's good. Right. I, I feel like it, I feel like it was enjoyable and it's enjoyable TV. So Yes, yes. Nothing to uh, discuss. Well, there's some pretty gross stuff, but um, I mean, nothing that was objectionable in nature, I guess, would be a better way to put it. Uh, You know, objectionable is a very subjective term. Ramsey didn't rape anyone. How about that? Ooh, but but I did notice that Euron was awful molesty. As he put in his own words in that. uh, He's going to get real tiring real quick. Yeah. Uh, What the? Who's that? Who am I talking to? Who is this? You know who it is. Is this Jermaine? It's Jermaine to the story. God damn it. No new hosts. No new hosts. Guys, I know we had a, we promised you we would never have Jermaine back, but, uh, you know, we needed a guest. We asked Toto to be on and he said, no, thank you. So, uh, Jermaine, uh, we just got done talking about our initial feelings for this episode. Generally, I think we enjoyed it, but we were, even though nothing really happened, what is your initial impressions? 
Um, my initial impression is that promise hurts uh, to not have me on. Okay. You know, that's uh Do you want to say something germane to the question, though? Yes. Um, you know, it's back. They could have spent an hour in Dorn, and I might be happy. Uh, well, probably not, but uh, initially, I, I, I was happy it's back. I liked the episode. Uh, there was a lot of a lot of catching up on all the stuff we've been wondering about for what a year and a half now. I guess, so, but uh, did anything really happen? I, I was okay with nothing happening. Uh, things happen. I think a lot of a lot of good things happen. Like and we what? Can, Name one. The hound. The hound stuff was good. What did he do? All right, now let's leave it. Save it for the goddamn recap. All yeah, right, yeah, guys. You know what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? Let's go. All right. So overall, you liked it, right? I did. Okay, great. Well, so let's jump right in. Okay, so the episode opens with uh, a cold open for the first time ever, right? Which is kind of no. Uh, yes. What? No, it's not. It's not the first cold open. Was it the Hound from last season? I think so, and I think there was one other one because we were marked on this before. Yeah, you're probably right, but it still it was a little disconcerting to jump right into the episode. I did want to mention too that the um, the previous oh, song? first app, the very first app. Oh, the first app. Yeah, yeah that's right. Because the the yeah, wall just definitely. went up, right? <laughs> okay. See, this is the kind of insight you guys uh, pay the premium price. You you club members of Ashamed of Thrones pay for. <laughs> I remember. Do we do we call them apps? Is that is that what the kids use these days? Yeah, we can't say episodes. That's too long. It takes way too long. To okay, do. got it. All right, you got all day. Yeah. So it starts with the cold open and oh yeah, before that, I wanted to say that the uh, previously, the previously on like little snippet thing was like artistically edited and put together. It wasn't like they just threw it together. Like some intern did it. Um, they kind of like spent their time and there was like some pretty fast cuts and some sound effects and stuff. I guess I appreciate it. Basically like this is the stuff you need to know because we're going to talk about this stuff in the show, which eh, I guess is spoilery. By the way, spoiler alert for this episode, we're going to be talking about. Season seven, episode one. All right. So cold open. Uh, we're at the twins. Uh, Walter Frey has got all the phrase for yet another feast. Uh, his excuse for having a feast so close to the time, I guess he had a feast for uh, when Jamie was there with the Lannister army uh, was that now that they're wardens of the Riverlands, they're rich and he's got big plans for what they're going to do with their house going forward. Uh, wine gets passed out and he promises uh, or he asks for a toast. And everybody drinks except for his wife, which he tells not to do it because he doesn't want to waste good wine on women. Uh, after ensuring right. that everyone has drank, which makes sense, yeah. Uh, at, after ensuring that everyone has drank this wine and the toast, he begins uh, listing the atrocities uh, of the Red Wedding. And predictably, one person starts coughing, and then another, and then they all choke, and everybody dies. Walder Frey removes his face, revealing that he is, uh oh. Arya Stark all along. Uh, Arya Stark tells uh, Walder's child wife that uh, when people ask what happened here, tell them that winter came for House Frey. And she walks out uh, smiling like a fucking little psycho. Basically, it's this is like Arya Stark if she would have went to Columbine and pulled off the massacre that those kids wanted to. <laughs> so yeah, fucking she's a real psycho. Dylan. She's a real Klebold. Dylan Klebold. Yep. Yeah. I like this, uh, even though it was basically a repeat of of uh, last season. I mean, her killing Walder more or less uh, right. last season. But I did just fuck the phrase. I mean, that you know, um, and I think that she did really to 
uh, put really take revenge on the phrase, had to call the important ones. But the, the question I have now is the phrase were pretty powerful and had uh, that uh, was that Moat Kalen. Yeah, they have the tower, the twins. Yeah, the they twin. just they have the twins and they have River Run because they basically ousted Edmund Tully. Like Edmund right. Tully, yeah, did she not release her fucking uncle from the dungeons? Because I remember well, is this, that's a River Run, isn't it? Yeah, but it's all yeah, Remember, that's true. That's at another location, but River Runs uh, you would think occupied by the phrase. So did she kill all the phrase or not? I don't know. I mean, I guess the important one. So I wonder what the power structure is there. Now. <laughs> so you got to uh, think if that's true then there's like Garrison level um Mr. Garrison that is. I got met Mr. fucking Putang. Uh Garrison level uh phrase at River Run holding it down. So you got to think that 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 can't last very long. So basically, she just no, committed they, genocide they're, they're on the house. <clears throat> what? So the, the phrase aren't good at commanding stuff or running an army, so... I know, I'm just saying, that, like... That area will fall into disarray. Yeah, I, I, I imagine it's going to be chaos. Shit. And they they talk a little bit about that, how the Lannister army goes north to kind of uh, make things more peaceful or pacify the communities now that the phrase aren't around. Mm-hmm. But uh, well, in the books, though, there's like a lot more important phrase. There's a lot of phrase that we're introduced to. There's a lot of infighting. I think that they hint that there would just be like a bloody fratricide once Walder goes because there's no clear power structure after his passing, which they kind of eliminate a lot of that. But uh, right. I think they probably had to for the purposes of the show. So that's my problem. So I, I didn't mind that it was predictable. We knew that Walder Frey was dead. There's no way he's coming back. I mean, this might be a flashback, but we knew it was Arya. Like as soon as we saw, at least I did. As soon as I saw Walder, yeah, I was didn't like, "Mind," because I heard a lot of disdain in your recap. Well, guess what? Here it comes, motherfucker. I think uh, Brian <laughs> just Brian just stated it for me, uh, and I I never understood. I was like, this just lacked an emotional punch, and I think it's because the place was full of phrase, but I didn't recognize one single face. Yeah. So there was no emotional impact like, oh, that fucker right there, the one that cut Catelyn's throat, he's fucking dead now. The one that, you know, stabbed Grey Worm, or not Grey Worm, Grey Wind. Yeah. Grey something. Yeah. Like, I feel well, like you needed that. hats and look dirty. They all look the same. That's, that's so. a terrible, you are a terrible human being. <laughs> yeah. Pain. That's all. I'm not even going to say what that is. Yeah. It's going to move on past. Yeah. All right. So next we go to a frozen you know, tundra. You know, people be looking the same. <laughs> oh, I wasn't talking. We will never have Jermaine on again. I'm so sorry, Sam. Uh, so we go to a frozen tundra and there's a coming cloud. It's very spooky. Uh, it appears that a soul rider appears, but then uh, we become clear. It's actually the Night's King and an army of dead people, including uh, undead giants, which I think is the first time that we've seen giant whites. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Uh, it's right? pretty, yeah, yeah. I think it's been hinted at, but uh, that's pretty badass. And that's actually more scary as well, I think. So then it transitions to Bran arriving at the wall with Mira. Uh, Ed emerges to greet them and make introductions. At first, Ed is skeptical, but Bran says he's seen some shit, and Bran, uh, Ed believes him. Everyone goes inside. Uh, pretty quick scene. Yeah, I, I wrote down, thank God it wasn't Juan Juan. I hate how, like, sometimes they make everything connect, and I'm just glad it's, like, just yeah. another random giant. Yeah, I think there were three of them. In the scene. Yeah, there was a couple. There was the one guy that they zoomed in on, but there were at least one, yeah. if not two other guys there. Uh, and I wanted to write down like 
this was from Bran's perspective because he was warging right up until the point that Mira left him in. So I gotta, I, I just, this is my problem with Bran. And wouldn't you know, I have a problem, Jermaine. That's right. So, uh, Brian's fucking like powers and his magic isn't well defined. I don't know what the rules are. Does he have to touch a weirwood? Does he not? Can he see everywhere or can he only see what the weirwood trees see? Cause it doesn't appear that like we had no perspective of the vision. He can just see everything like, wait, was he doing it right then? Yeah. His, his eyes were all white when he arrived at the wall right before, uh, Dolores, um, the night's <laughs> the, the night, uh, Lord commander of the night's watch left him in. Right. Am I wrong, Brian? Uh, I'm not entirely sure. I, I you, that explanation makes sense. No, no, his I, eyes were sure definitely white. Go ahead. We're gonna stop the podcast. Everybody, get on HBO. Go. Oh, no. Uh, no, but I his eyes. A, I'm were, pretty sure. Go ahead. Just watch it. I right don't think after. he was. I don't give a shit. What do you think? Why don't you tell me after you do the research? But his eyes were definitely white. I stake my reputation on that. On a uh, as being a podcast host. Of the greatest yeah. Game of Thrones podcast yeah. ever. So what bothered me about this is uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense that Bran and Mira are able to get to the wall so quickly when she's dragging him uh, body behind on that cart. I mean, she's a fairly slight woman. Um, you know, it's it just seemed odd. Um, well, like, meanwhile, yeah, Benjen didn't Benjen like carrying him on the horse, maybe? Or like what? Yeah, but not that far. And and they're they're um, well at the end know, of season they six. They were inside of the wall though when Benjen left them. No, they were not inside. Yes, the wall. they were. They were in sight of the wall. Oh, in sight. I got you. Oh, okay, okay. And so all of this is to say, I mean, I don't know how they could have done it better, but the timing of this uh, this whole thing kind of uh, annoyed me. Uh, that that the timing as far as how this scene appeared in the episode or the fact that they just no, got no, there no, and how, split. How they just got there so fast and yeah. you know, they have such limitations. Uh, but then the, the undead army that can, can march forever, uh, it's, I, I don't know, weeks away who, who, I mean, because think about it moving forward, they, that army has to show up here. And I didn't think that we were going to get a lot of this in this season. So, I mean, I guess it had to be weeks or months until, in the show in the showtime before the army arrives for it to make any sense or for there be to be time for all this other battles to be sorted out. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. I I know I overheard something before the season started that they were talking to, uh, I don't know, somebody on the production team and people were bitching about how travel time isn't taken into account in the show and how, um, you know, people just seem to teleport everywhere. And he says, well, if you had a problem with it before this season is going to blow your fucking mind because people will just be, like they're, they're going to cut out all travel times. So it's going to be like this person's in Dorne yeah. and then we're going to be at the wall. Uh, but yeah, I guess uh, I think we've already established that they can just travel around the whole world. Yeah. No problem. Very short times. Yeah. But I, I mean, there's only so many episodes left, so I think you just have to let that go. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Jermaine. Yeah, you are right. Uh, I think, uh, but you know, it did still feel a little weird. Uh, so I'll give you that. But let's uh and brand 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 was war or whatever he was doing. His eyes were white when they showed up at the gate. Right. So you would assume but because good on you, Doug. Well, OK, so uh, let's let's t- talk about it. Let's talk it through. So you would assume that he's seeing. That was his vision. It wasn't just, hey, we're an uh, omniscient audience and we're seeing the army of the dead. It was. Yeah, we're seeing brand seeing this the army of the dead. 
Yeah, because I mean, he has to be into some kind of animal or something, right? So he. Has but to that's be what I'm asking circle. you. I'm asking. That was my initial question: is what is Brand's fucking like deal? Because I feel like they don't define his powers. And and once again, magic's magic. But I feel like if it's gonna be believable, it just has to have rules and boundaries that you set up and you adhere to. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, you Alora Alohamora levitate shit. We know that. Okay, great. You're not gonna say like Alohamora and then you know blow somebody up. It just wouldn't make sense. Anyway. That's a little Harry Potter action for you. I'm sure Brian appreciated that. Oh, I hated that. Yep. Okay. So moving on. Uh, so we get King Jon Snow. He's telling the uh, same assembly from last season that uh, elected him king, <laughs> if there's such a thing, um, that he wants them all to mine dragon glass uh, and that everyone, including women, will begin training at arms. Um, I guess... Glover, that piece of crap, has a problem with that. And then Lady Mormont, the little girl, uh, she's sassy um, and says, you know, I'm not going to sit here knitting while the dead come for us, um, you know, and basically shames him again, which I had a problem with it because I felt like that was repetitive from the scene uh, last season. But whatever. He also tells the wildlings that they are to man the abandoned castles along the wall. Uh, And the topic of what to do with the castles of the traitors that sided with the Boltons. Uh, that would be the Karstarks and the Umbers. What to do with their castles? Uh, John says they need to be brought in the fold where Sansa objects openly and loudly that they were traitors and treason must be punished and loyalty rewarded. Um, so let's see. Uh, there is a scent among the rabble, uh, but Jon Snow ain't no punk. And he says that he will not punish the sons for the sins of their father. Uh, he then calls the child leaders of the two traitor houses up to the diocese. Uh, that's what I call it, a dais. Uh, and asks them to pledge their allegiance. And they do too much applause. So uh, my problem with this is Sansa it looks like she's not wrong, but it seems like she's playing the Game of Thrones still. Whereas Jon's moved on. He's transcended all that bullshit and he's worried about, you know the army of the dead coming to kill people. And he just doesn't want, he, he's like, there's bigger things to worry about. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's always the, the only one that's like, you guys don't understand impending dooms coming. So he's kind of over all the bullshit. Whereas everybody else still holding on to that. And you, you get it. You know, these are the people that were working with Bolt Ramsey and all that. But, uh, John, John ain't got time for that. He's like, let's do this. Ain't no one everybody, got time for on. that. This this too is frustrating me because I don't understand what Santa's motivation is. Uh, I I think it's clear, or at least I didn't think, or I haven't sensed from her character that she wants to be in charge or anything. It more just seems like she's trying to argue with him to argue with him um, because she thinks he's right, which uh, you would think that someone who has has grown as much as she has would realize that this is not an appropriate place to argue with one of the two parts of the of power, you know, within the North and John's the King of the North. It's not her place to argue in front of the men. She should be, you know, speaking to me outside of uh, this, this town hall or whatever. So I, I just don't get what her motivation is. And that, that was kind of frustrating to me. I would agree with that because it seems like she accepts him as King. She even like in the following yeah. scene or a scene after she's like, you're the King. Now you need to do this. Like, okay. So you recognize that he's the King, but you're questioning him. I think it has more to do with the fact that she's been like, uh, basically a plaything of yeah, tortured and raped and basically just by not only Joffrey, who was a King, but also another major Lord, in Ramsey. So she's, she's used to being like 
the the plaything of the powerful lord who just sits there quietly and doesn't like speak up. That's I'm giving this a lot yeah, of, you know, I guess I'm giving it a lot of, I don't know, leeway, uh, apologizing I, for it. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it's safe to say she's not over what just happened right. between the Winterfell stuff and Ramsay and. So, understandably, she's you know, still why she just angry get over at everybody involved. Why doesn't she just which is strap on her bootstraps? Yeah, I get it. Pull which is up. funny, and well, not funny. It's interesting though, is that she still has Littlefinger around, even though he's the one who sold her to Ramsay. Right. But I think there's an end to that. There's an end game to that. Uh, I think of she's course, play, there is. She's, start, she's starting to play him more as well and this but, is a uh, spoiler alert for later in the episode she even like uh, brianne voices that she's like why the fuck is this guy still here and then she's like oh well he did just save all our lives and i'm like oh yeah that explains why he's around <laughs> yeah so, so what i also wondered um well one thing i did like about uh john's position on this thing is that uh, he was not going to punish the the children for the sins of their fathers, which obviously uh, calls into to memory uh, how um, Catelyn Stark, you know, treated him, right. do you know, because of the sins of the, his father. So I think that kind of explains his uh, clean slate, at least to some extent. Plus, but the children of the of- father were like they were they were children. Like if they would have just been like yeah. you know thirty year old men, I don't think the point would have. Uh, hit home so much for uh john sorry sorry to interrupt go ahead yeah so and it's funny though now john on his well, i guess his war council or whatever this is like there's several of those kids should be like in preschool yeah. <laughs> walking around there yeah. in grade school. but uh what did you think of john's rationale i mean would you trust these little shits or i mean it because beyond just the um beyond just the the whatever um, he, him trying to reunite the North. Uh, you can't imagine that these families have much firepower left after you know this war that they just had, the Battle of the Bastards. So, so I, I, elsewhere. I would have, I, I would have thought John could have pulled a middle path and said, "Listen, I agree that you know these people should be punished, but I'm not going to take their houses from them that have stood for a thousand years. So we're just going to take a lot of their land, and they're going to owe us more fealty as like a penalty, just some kind of like." punishment for them but not you know basically destroying their legacy like there has to be a middle Mm -hmm. ground there has to be like higher taxes you know what i mean i don't know does that make sense to you (laughs) yeah yeah like 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 the white walker tax is that what he should be worried about (laughs) no but uh, you know what i think sansa does have a point and if if john's just worried about the white walkers the entire time same thing that happened to him at the wall is going to happen to like the northerners are going to fucking stab him and kill him you know what i mean because that's yeah, the whole absolutely. reason he got fucking assassinated the first time is because he wasn't paying attention to the 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 will and the desire of the people he was governing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's got to be there's got to be some kind of like. Uh, hopefully, Sansa will just moderate John somehow. Yeah, I, I get. Yeah, hopefully, but hopefully she'll do it behind closed doors. Oh, and isn't she still like? Since John is now king of the north, you would think he no longer is lord of Winterfell, and that would mean Sansa's the lady Winterfell, right? Sounds but like. I don't think the king of the north is like official designation. I don't know that there's rules for that or well, anything. I, I know, but there's like no real official designation anymore. Like the Lannisters kind of have it both ways, where they're like the king, yeah. but still they identify as Lannisters. So I don't know. I, sure. I don't know the rules either. I'm just saying uh, you think it's a little weird 
Uh, or you think yeah. there'd be room for Sansa to have more power? I don't know. I'm just trying to make everybody happy. That's what I do. Oh yeah, yeah. No, you're you're a peace broker. <laughs> All right. So uh, next we get a uh, really cool shot of Winterfell from above. And I'm I, I'm glad we saw that shot because I never really understood how the uh, gods would fill, oh, yeah. fit it in. It's huge. Yeah. So that was yeah that was that was really cool, and that makes a lot more sense that you can go there, you're protected, and that sort of thing. And I thought that was really neat. So. Uh, so John and Sansa are arguing following this meeting uh, where she got real sassy. Uh, John tells her not to question him in front of other people. Sansa composes, uh, then compares him to Joffrey and then kind of recants the uh, the comparison. Sansa th- then tells John he's doing a good job after just nagging him. They begin discussing Ned and how uh, John ha- and, and also Rob and how John has to be smarter than his other beheaded relatives. A Meister appears with a letter, and it's from Cersei, who demands that John go to Winterfell and bend the knee or suffer the consequences. King's Landing. John is yes. apparently up in King's Landing. Yes, uh, John is apparently up to this point kind of forgotten or ignored the threat of the Lannisters, as his true concern is the Night's King, uh, because he's actually seen that threat. Uh, Sansa then tells John how dangerous Cersei is, and um, and it also appears that Sansa has uh, some amount of respect uh, for Cersei. You'll also notice that she basically has Cersei's hairdo prior to Cersei getting the uh, her makeover from the yeah. Um, Septa. Yeah, I didn't. I don't pay attention to that because I'm a man, but that's cool. <laughs> Jeez, uh, what yeah, a jerk. Yeah, I know. Okay, but um, in all seriousness. So uh, my problem is I, I want to like Sansa. I, okay. There's going to be a problem with everything. It's called a shame to thrones. Okay. Jermaine, get over it. But uh, this problem is I wish Sansa had more. She brought more concrete specifics to the table because it's the same thing that she did with Ramsey. Do you remember right before the battle? She, okay. You were thinking about this too, Brian. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I don't know what to just don't do what he wants yeah, you to do. Okay. So let's recap for the audience who doesn't know what we're talking about. So like before the battle of the bastards, she goes in uh, to Jon Snow's tent and is just like, okay, uh, you know, you've, you're a battle commander, but I know that I know Ramsey so well. Well, what, what should I do? I don't know. Just don't do what he wants to do. <laughs> like, okay. You have no specifics. And she does the same thing with Cersei. I just don't trust Cersei. She's not going to go down without a fight. Okay, so what do we do? What's she going to do? I don't know. That's that's not fucking <laughs> helpful. And like, yeah. I want Sansa to be a player. I want her to have a goddamn story arc. Like, I don't want her to just be obnoxious the entire time. Which I feel like she is. That kind of seems I, what she's doing. Yeah. And the the example of the, the last one before the Battle of the Bastards is even worse um, because she like was whining about it. But you don't understand. Yeah. I know him. OK, so provide insight. I can't. You I just, just don't. don't just, <laughs> something. <laughs> he's just bad. <laughs> you don't do know the, him. Please do the rest of the podcast in that voice. Please. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so let's I'll consider it. Let's move on. So we get Jamie. We're down in King's Landing. Jamie goes to see Cersei in the newly painted map room. Uh, Cersei is delusional, saying that Westeros is there. They just need to reach out and take it. Uh, she comments how cold uh, Jamie has been since he came back. Jamie downplays this and says that Danny's army will probably land in Dragonstone. Cersei lists all their enemies, uh, primarily Dorne, the Reach, and the North, uh, including Danny, of course. 
not to mention the Vale and the Eerie, who have kind of sided with the North, and that's another Seven Kingdom that uh, is kind of probably not their friends. Uh, Jamie uh, corrects her when she says that she's the queen of the Seven Kingdoms. He says three at best, which I loved. Um, yeah. Jamie also questions uh, why they're building this dynasty since they, they are fucking childless now. Uh, and Jamie then uses this as a uh, wedge to bring up Tommen and how they never talked about it. And Cersei immediately wants to change the subject and runs to go get some uh, wine, which I thought was nice. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, just what you do. Uh, she says that her son, who commits suicide, betrayed her, well, I guess. Uh, they move on and they talk about needing alliances and allies since the phrase are now gone, which I guess news travels quickly. Uh, she says that she has a plan and is revealed that a fleet of, oh, I don't know, I'd say a thousand ships <laughs> pulls into King's Landing Harbor. Fuck. <laughs> Jamie. Uh, really cool ships. Yeah. Jamie and Cersei go out to watch it happen. And Jamie says he can't believe that she would trust the Greyjoys. Um, he says he goes off on the Greyjoys. I love it. He's like, they're terrible. They're not good at anything. <laughs> it's something along those lines. I can't remember. I should have wrote it down. But uh, he says they'll backstab her just like uh, the phrase. They have no loyalty. Um, and Jamie asks, all they're good at is raping and pillaging. And she's like, that's not why they're here. Uh, they're here for a queen. So and then she walks off, leaving Jamie with his dick in his hand. So I guess she's knows that urine. Greyjoy is coming with a marriage proposal. Yeah, uh, Cersei seems to know a lot of things without having a master whisperer anymore. Well, uh, Kyburn's kind of Kyburn. like the master whisperer, yeah. I guess. Saw a funny photo, and I actually just sent it to you, Doug, um, where somebody replaced the map with that uh, that that map of uh, like the play mat that children have that has the outline of the city in big plots. Yeah, that's really pretty funny. good. Yeah, yeah, I'm about to share that one with all the fans. Um, so I. Um, I did. I, where, where the fuck did Euron get a thousand ships? And how is it that many Iron Islanders? I don't know. We talked about this when it happened. How like yeah. he's like build me a thousand ships. First of all, that's going to take a while. It's not like you guys have. Uh, I'm going to say Phillips head screwdrivers. <laughs> so I don't know how you're building these fucking ships. Number two, the Iron Islands, from what we've seen of them, are treeless. I don't know where they're getting this wood. Uh, number three, I, fuck, fuck yeah. the Greyjoys. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> they are garbage people, like Jamie says. Yeah, they're bitter, angry people. I think is what he called. Them. Right. But and that's also it. Also, I feel the the Greyjoy thing. I I feel the audience was kind of cheated in that um, they were not a real power in the show. Yeah, and then now all of a sudden they're they're strong enough. Just the addition of them is strong enough for Danny to defeat all these other armies. Right, you uh, it kind of feels like a cheat. Doesn't that feel like a cheat? If somehow, and that's what it yeah. feels like they're setting it up that way. Like somehow, Cersei and Euron together are going to be strong enough to repel Danny with the Unsullied, the fucking Dothraki, Dorn, all dragons. of Dorn, who has Dorn. As much as we hate the fucking Sand Snakes, they have an entire army. Their army has been untouched from the war. Then they have the Reach, yeah, who is the second wealthiest family to the Lannisters in the in the kingdom. Like it's just overwhelming. This if they and can, the Tyrells. That's what I'm saying. Uh, did I say Martells? I meant Tyrells. Yeah, yeah, I meant Tyrells. Anyway. They they are so overwhelmingly have the yeah, that's what I mean the High Guard and Tyrells that's what we're talking about uh they should have they should just steamroll Cersei so somehow that's not going to happen we know this 
So something crazy is going to happen. Well, yeah, and, we'll get uh, to it, but uh, we'll we'll speculate about that. But as it stands right now, I agree with Brian 100 percent. This doesn't seem like it's going to be enough. Well, I think, you know, when they're in that map room, Jamie lays it out pretty clear and Cersei is full on crazy conquer at this point mm-hmm. she she doesn't give two shit she's i mean she just blew up the the sept or whatever so right so she's delusional to the she, point of being suicidal i get it yeah and uh when when the Greyjoys or when euron was rolling into the port that was a pretty cool scene i liked it a lot the ships look awesome i did um, like how they were black and gold uh and they had you yeah know, let's say octopus stuff all over <laughs> yeah <laughs> Big fan of the octopus, so I really liked it. Um, Brian, anything <laughs> else before we move on to the next scene, which is kind of a continuation? No, no, nothing else. All right, let's jump in. All right, so tra- transition to the throne room, and uh, Euron is telling us about uh, about his story. Apparently, Cersei said for him, Euron wants to kill basically everyone. Jamie recounts how uh, the Ironborn insurrection, which apparently Euron led, and then uh, Euron went into exile after that. Uh, John, uh, apparently Jamie uh, or Euron tells the story of how Jamie wrecked at the islands, which Euron thought was super cool. Um, <laughs> Cersei was killing his up, family. Yeah, yep. yeah. Euron's a piece of shit. Uh, so Cersei brings up the lack of humility, which Euron says that the Lannisters aren't exactly humble. And then tells Cersei uh, that he wants to marry her, and uh, in exchange, she'll provide his 1,000 ships, which will control all of the seas. And in, in the process, that also makes it dig at Jamie about his uh, hand. Uh, Cersei declines the offer because Euron is not trustworthy, but then Euron promises to return with a gift, which I'm guessing we all think is Tyrion's head. So the first thing I have to say is what the fuck was Euron Greyjoy wearing? He seemed like. <laughs> Every effeminate uh, British person who's been a rock star in the past, like 20 years, like I'm talking like uh, David Bowie uh, mm-hmm. and like Eddie Izzard uh, or Russell Brand, only with a butch haircut. Like he's like his like collars hanging open and he's got these like tassels hanging down. He's not wearing a crown like he's a king of the Iron Islands. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, he just, should have his wood crown. Yeah, you would think. He doesn't crown. He doesn't need a crown. Everybody in this, I think everybody this season is just wearing black because this is like the 10th character wearing black and he's just the pirate Russell Brand. That's what, that's what he is. Sounds like it, I guess. And speaking of wardrobes, we get to see uh, the new TikTok man version of fucking uh, Sir Robert Strong, who somebody pointed out that his uh, helmet does look like uh, a bell end, as the British would say, the head of a head of a penis for you, Jermaine. Um, oh, <laughs> I didn't know I that. get it. Uh, but yeah, not uh, as uh, versed as uh, some people are. Well, you know, I did the, spend uh, at least the glands of the penis. I did watch the British version of The Office, so I, you know, I talked with a little bit of an accent. You know how you do for a little while there. But anyway, uh, yeah, uh, you're on holiday. Yeah, so let's talk. What is this present? It's got to be a person or a dragon. That's it, right? I mean, my mind, my mind went to Tyrion, but I don't know that he would Euron have enough knowledge to know that Tyrion is so important. He would have to have uh, a spy set up. He would have to have like it, it would have yeah. to be like Missandei is working for Grey, uh, Euron Greyjoy. You know what I'm saying? It's got to be somebody close to Danny um, to be a double agent for that to happen. And I don't, I don't see that. I don't think that's plausible. Yeah. 
But it could be. You know, it could be. He could he could bring uh somehow get Tyrion, but it doesn't seem likely. It could be yeah, it could be Tyrion, it could be um some of the Martells that killed Marcella. Uh some of the snakes. Could be. It could be but how would he um, even know about that? I mean, he, he, this guy has to be so out of touch. I mean, he hasn't even been in the kingdoms until recently for one of our most favorite things, the King's Moot. Oh, yeah. And, and that's the problem. <laughs> yeah. I really feel like the Greyjoys got short shrift because the King's Moot should have been like at least four or five episodes. <laughs> yeah. He, I mean, come on. He's a pirate. He sails the seas. He probably, he's been, he knows, he knows stuff. He probably knows people everywhere. I just don't, they set him up in the books to have a horn that'll control dragons. We don't know if it's going to or not, but at least he's got that in the book here. We don't, what does he bring to the table? Like what has he done besides a thousand ships? (laughs) He's got apparently the the greatest house and that we've never heard uh, of or didn't know had any power whatsoever until until season three uh, or four or whatever. It's it's probably going to be that horn. Some kind yeah. of object, something that even because they are stacked against overwhelming odds, even with Euron as their partner. As yeah, that's a, why I think they got to get a dragon. And, and, yeah, it's going to be a horn. It's going to be something like that, a dragon or some kind of game changer. Yeah, has to be right. Yeah. Yeah. So Jamie, uh, I mean, Cersei, these two last two scenes, uh, Cersei just being completely disrespectful to Jamie. Uh, it's also very odd. That he's yeah. just put up with all this stuff. I mean, I guess they're both being cool towards each other, but um, I really think as this thing goes on, I really begin to think that jo- Jamie's going to end up being the Valonqar, uh in a in a parallel similar to him killing uh, the Mad King. That he's going to eventually be the one who kills Cersei in like a tragic kind of thing. That makes the most amount of sense. Uh, I don't know if I've yeah. ever mentioned uh, my feelings about the way they've handled Jamie in the show. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, it just keeps getting worse. Uh, I'm not going on a Doug rant. No, thanks. Not today. But uh, yeah, obviously I have problems with the Jamie thing. I've kind of accepted it. He's just going to be her lick spittle for a while. And then he's going to be like Theon was when Theon decided to kill Miranda just out of nowhere. Like no build up. He'll just be like, that's that's all I can stand. And I can't stand no more. Yeah. Yep. I think that's where we're going. All right, so next what's So let's what's see. Next, what's next? Uh all right, so we get Sam interning at the fucking the Maesters <laughs> Academy or whatever. Uh and it involves uh, repetitive I heard, work. I saw online. I saw online. This is not my joke. Uh instead of the Citadel, it should be called the Shitadel. Ayo. <laughs> very good. Um Ayo. but yes, his work involves uh serving food, putting away books, and yes, cleaning up poo-poo out of shit uh pans hospital ship bands, which is very funny. He gags. Anyway, we get this montage of activity, which uh, just keeps going. And we hear like almost a repetitive beat. And I expected like, Uka Chaka, Uka Chaka. You can't stop this feeling. I expected some <laughs> kind of song, uh, but it just ends. Anyway, Sam is um, putting away some books and he noticed the, you know, this is the restricted area of the library and very quick. I can't, I can't stop. I can't wait till the end of this description. Anytime there's any plot in any work of fiction that involves a library, there is always, always, always a restricted section. <laughs> like those are the dangerous books. We have to keep them locked up or you can't go there, uh, which I find to be uh, just a terrible trope. Anyway, um, 
it reminds me of the 1980s, you know, when you would go to the video store that was not just owned by like some dude and they would have like a porno section. With, oh, yeah. With just like a little curtain, you know. <laughs> yeah, there'd be a curtain or there'd be like a shitty like uh, saloon doors or something. Yes, saloon doors. <laughs> and it would say like adult in those like, you know, those uh, uh, stickers that were like letters that were gold that you could just put in whatever order you wanted. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, you guys don't know if you guys are too young for this. Yeah, we might have. Uh, but I was always, as a little kid, you're like, who goes back there? What's back there? And then you see somebody go back there and you just look at them like, you fucking pervert. That's creepy. Well, I stare at them when they come out. Into the one of those once we didn't know what we were doing. Oh, Jesus. Read. Yeah. Oh, sure. But this is, I mean, hey, buddy. you guys don't know how easy, how easy it is to jerk off. Back then you had to publicly shame yourself in order to do it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, staying on task. Uh, yeah, Sam, uh, you know, he goes to maybe go check out the restricted area, goes to pull on the door, but he hears somebody coming and he goes back to putting books away. Later, Sam is weighing the guts of a dead maester as another maester, a, uh, archmaester, I guess, is conducting an autopsy. So his job is to hold the guts and weigh them in some unit of measure. We don't know because they don't define it. He's just like 147 somethings. Uh, anyway, uh, he says, Hey, uh, Archmaester, can I go look at the restricted books? And he's like, uh, that's only for maesters. Are you a maester? He's like, no, but, uh, I really need them because, uh, the dead are coming back and they're going to eat us all. And no one believes me. He's just like, well, I guess I believe you. That's the easiest answer, but I'm still not gonna let you look at those books. And then he goes, well, you're not like most people. And then he goes off on this bullshit thing about how important the maesters are, how they keep people civilized and they record the history of prosperity, how they're the difference between people being dogs. And if they didn't have maesters, they'd be, uh, I don't know, whatever. Uh, Just some annoying pontification. Uh, Anyway, he just walks away, says, hey, clean up all this shit, Sam. And I guess whatever he said, Sam took it as a go ahead to go and just steal the keys from a sleeping maester. Uh, and he goes into the dangerous book section. Dun-dun-dun. This, yeah, this, the whole thing, uh, first, I, I didn't like the whole piss and shit montage at first, but then I actually thought it, I read some stuff online. I did think it was actually a well, a, a good way to show how, uh, how Sam's life is basically just repetition of just awful uh, gross stuff. That's which fine. I, I and it's a montage too. Yeah. And it makes time pass. I get all that. I, I didn't have that much of yeah. a problem with it. I just thought it wasn't too, uh, original. I think my reaction was more, more visceral than anything. And I love a good montage, especially when it involves repairing an automobile. In the yeah. So, uh, I did not understand where this Meister's head was at the one that, uh, he was talking to. Yeah. What, uh, I don't understand what he, yeah. What was he talking about or what, how is that germane to what? (laughs) I guess it's, he's just telling Sam that, no, you don't need to be worried because there's the wall and the wall always stands. But I don't know that there has been within recent memory, uh, the, uh, the, the undead army attacking the damn wall. So if this yeah. guy believes that John seen these undead people, then he should be actually concerned. And I just go, oh, the wall will do it. So it sets up this. I think what's going to happen is that Sam is going to go obtain all this knowledge and then get the boot from the Citadel for doing something and then head back north. Because right. He's already the breaking the Sam rules. 
He's yeah, already breaking the rules by something reasonable amount of time. Right. Right. It, it, it's just like Arya. You didn't think Arya was going to be there for the 20 years it takes to become an actual assassin. You knew she was not going to complete her training and there's no way Sam completes his training either. So. Yeah. So I think that's what it's setting up, but uh, I, I just, I didn't like that speech. I didn't like that guy so much. Whatever. Yeah, it just didn't make any sense. Doug, like, you, like, go ahead. Yeah. Doug, you didn't make your Harry Potter connection yet. Uh, what? That guy's from Harry Potter. Come on. You mean the books? Because <laughs> I don't that, watch those bullshit movies, motherfucker. Uh, oh, you is just that, read the books. I'm sorry. Is that Dusseldorf? Uh, What's the guy's name? <laughs> yes, Dusseldorf. <laughs> no, I, dude, it, it, it happens here at the Citadel, too. It's the White Walkers are out of sight, out of mind. It's like, yeah, I guess you're right, but nothing's going to happen. Is everybody... Other than Jon Snow's and whoever he can convince or who's seen them, everybody else just doesn't doesn't care. And his whole speech was, you know, books have been written about the Long Night. Books have been written about the Targaryens and the Doom of Valyria. Everything's been written. The wall still stands. So everybody assumes the wall is still going to stand. Right. We I mean, this is setting up. We know as an audience member, oh, they're saying the wall's still going to stand. Well, that means it's definitely coming down. There's yeah, no way it's not yeah, coming sure. down. And they That's allude to the, it later, I would, too. I would almost I'd almost be surprised if that wasn't like the last scene of this season. Hey, do they are there Vegas bookies that'll take uh, lines on this sort of thing? <laughs> Probably not. Oh, geez. But I hope British ones. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. So uh, let's let's see. Where do we go next? I think it's up to you, Brian. Is that right or not? Oh, did you discuss uh, the Jorah reveal? That hasn't oh, happened that yet. happens later when he talks to Gilly. Okay, got it. Okay, yeah. you're right. Spoiler right, so, alert um, number two. Go- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we go back to Brienne and Pod, and they're sore fighting. Uh, Tormund approaches and hits on Brienne. Cut to uh, Baelish and Sansa talking, and Baelish says that he wants Sansa to be happy and safe, which she says that she or safe and secure, something like that, which she says she is. But then Baelish asks why she isn't happy. But Brienne breaks up the party, and Baelish exits. Brienne questions why Baelish is still there, which Sansa says uh, they need his men, which obviously he just helped them save everyone. And then uh, Brienne wants to. Um, what is that right here? Oh, Bri- Brienne remarks that he wants something, which Sansa says yes, yes he does, or she knows, which I, I guess is her kind of playing I know the exactly game. what he wants. And then yeah, she's she using her. I mean, oh god, <laughs> no, bad dog. <laughs> no apologies. Anyway, I wrote here. Brienne, you, you get a treat. You get a treat. Brienne, get my switch. Brienne is not likable, and I want her to be. Like Tormund comes over and distracts her and then uh, Pod gets in a sword hit and she just wrecks his ass. She like pushes his ass yeah. over. That's kind of a dick move. Getting mad at the kid. Um, yeah. Like what? what is Brienne's role? Like remember how she didn't have much of anything to do in season five that we just got done recapping. And I don't know if she did anything in what did she do last season? She. Uh, oh, she rescued. did quote unquote rescued Sansa by like stumbling upon her in the woods uh, and killing those yep. few dudes. Right. But that was just yeah, one scene. She, 
Yeah, she's also followed Sansa around uh, and protected her. Like, remember when Sansa met uh, Baelish at Old Town that set this whole thing up? She was there watching. Um, I mean, I think she is basically just a bodyguard at this point. Yeah, that's not interesting. Not really. It's a shame. I, I liked Brienne. But yeah, it will be interesting when Tormund finally gets after it. That's going to be interesting. Uh, I guess they're playing yeah, it up for know, laughs, but who knows if it'll ever happen. They are. Maybe instead of the wall falling, it'll be just that, and that's how the season ends. I'll be the cool with that. Jericho. Oh. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, that, I, I wonder where Brienne is going in the show. I don't yeah, know how... That's I don't know either. It's time for her to like, have any kind of big arc or anything left. Um, They're not so even I setting up anything for her to do. Yeah, no, they aren't. I, I mean, I think she's just going to be a secondary character. From I think she's out. just going to die. I think if you don't have anything going on, you're you're likely to bite it. Yeah, but the thing is, Doug, that, that you know, now that it's it's basically fan fiction by D and D with some of uh, of George R R stuff thrown in there, I don't know that they have quite the uh, the the uh, the uh, anarchy anarchy uh, kind of leanings where George R R Martin wants to underpin everyone. I think. Or we destroy everything that you think. I guess we but just don't I, know the extent to what they know. Like, how much do they yeah. know? Do they know every char- every primary and secondary character, which I'd call Brienne a pretty strong secondary character? Do they know where they end up at the end of it? Or did they just, you know, did... But does George, George just, even know that at this point? I don't know. I don't know what he told Dan and Dave. We, and we won't know until I guess yeah. it's all over. That's what I was saying. At some I point... Think that they, they're not. They're not necessarily on the 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 plan that George has to just undermine all all tropes and and movies and do whatever is uh, the most shocking thing or unexpected. Where I think that they might have more kind of traditional making audience happy leanings, which having Brienne alive by the end of the show, I as a fan favorite, I think, and then having her get together with Tormund would be the direction they might take on their own. Could be, and that'd be fine. Um, yeah, but yeah, and my other problem with the scene too, and so it's not just with Brienne, and I've got another problem, Jermaine. That's right. What the fuck is Littlefinger's plan? He's just hanging out. We don't even see his machinations. Like he's a master schemer, and maybe he's doing some other scheming. But it seems like his only play right now is to get Sansa to disagree with John, uh, and turn them against each other. And that's the only thing he's got going on. Yeah, on the surface, that's what it seems like. But, you know, it's Littlefinger, so there's something. I, I don't know that. He's got, he, he's got, I know it. You just, you haven't read the book, so you don't know. That's right. Um, I think that, but I think Littlefinger's, um, usually when he has a, he's got a stew cooking, he, it's usually telegraphed fairly heavily. Right. And they've not telegraphed anything whatsoever for him right now. He could have dropped something on Sansa like, you know, this needs to happen or else I might have to do something else. Like, you know what I mean? There was no I, telegraphing. Yeah, I'm. I'm pregnant and it's yours. <laughs> it's your baby. Yeah. Uh, okay. Anything else to say about this? No, not here. Okay. That little psycho Arya is traveling on horseback and she comes across a group of singing Lannister soldiers. Uh, and we get, I guess the fourth or fifth song in, in universe, but I'll go off on this song in a little bit. Um, and of course I have problems with it. Jermaine. Anyway, mm-hmm. they offer Arya some food. She reluctantly accepts. Uh, she's sizing up all the dudes and where their swords and weapons are. Mentally preparing for an attack. Uh, 
But as she starts talking to them, she realizes that they're just normal, good people with normal lives. Uh, and they're just, they just happen to be employed by awful people, the Lannisters. Uh, and then it comes out that Arya is heading south. So she's not going back up to Winterfell to meet with her brother and sister, who I imagine that Walter Frey would probably know that they're there. Uh, so I guess she's going south and they ask her why. And she says she's going to kill the queen. And there's a moment of tension. And then, oh, somebody laughs and there's relief as everybody takes it as a joke. I've never seen that before. So that's great. I thought this was a great scene. Oh, Jesus. Um, I know you're going to be angry that 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 tomato was on it. The singing tomato. (laughs) The singing Um, tomato. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to say, yeah. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. So Aria, obviously, she gets there and she accepts the food after trying to decline it 10 times. And the reason that she does that is because as soon as she eats, then there's guest rights and she's not supposed to kill. Oh, very them good. Did you come to that yourself? I'm, I'm serious. Did you come to that to yourself or? Yeah, that was pretty obvious. I thought, uh, I don't know. Um, I feel like. You know, she's just... uh, okay. I... Go, ahead. I go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. I, I, I could specifically credit when somebody else says they had an idea, like the shit of Um I say, <laughs> I know some, somebody else. You yeah. Okay, great. So yes. Yeah, so this that that was interesting to me that she's not willing to sink as low as the phrase, even in her quest for revenge, the people she just killed, which that also does raise questions whether guest rights were implicated when she killed all of them earlier. But I guess not because it's, you know, whatever. Anyways, that's too um, that's too far down the rabbit hole. But also, I thought it was good that it reminded Arya that, uh, you know, not just because these people. Uh, or fight for Lannisters doesn't mean that they're pieces of shit. And so I think that maybe helped her have a little bit more control or uh sense of what's important or, uh, I, I mean, I guess it, it's kind of, I think it stopped her from just being a, a murdering lunatic, which yeah. that's kind of fun, but at the same time, I don't think it's good for her as a character. I think that she should exercise judgment, discretion, and just executing everyone because it did appear she was going to just murder all of them. Yep. And they're absolutely right. I mean, these guys seem like they're all fresh off the boat, and it's likely – you know what? Is that a racist term, fresh off the boat? No. Yes, Anyways. Please don't use nope. it. Yeah. Uh, so it seems like they are rookies. Um, they're fresh off the Concord. All, all, yeah. Uh, all of these people are um, – or these soldiers were likely conscripts, you know, where they didn't have a lot of control over it because the Lannisters have already run through so many other soldiers in these pointless battles that they're just taking with the young kids from farm towns or, you know, who would ordinarily be working the fields to support the Lannister uh, e- economy. So there's a lot going on in the scene. I thought it was really good. I, I did. So you're saying all, that they're decent people, meaning that they're dead to start the next episode. Arya kills all of them. Yeah. No, she won't. I don't think she will break good guess rights. No, I think she'll move on. I think, Brian, so I agree with you 100% on uh, the function. The function of the scene was to show that Arya is not the Terminator. She's not, uh, even though she's capable of committing mass murder, uh, she's not solely a heartless. There's some justice. Arya. But I do, I would only disagree with you about the whole guest right thing because in the book, which gonna keep saying that. Uh, the first uh, thing we get about Frey Pie was uh, Manderly. Manderly serves uh, cut up dead Freys in pies to other Freys. Walter wasn't there, 
but and he accepted guest rights, but his uh, rationale was, I don't care if I'm fucked. They already, they already blew away the rules. I'm just going for vengeance. Basically, he doesn't give a shit. And I feel like that's got to gotcha. be Arya's point of view as well, especially because right before they ask her, uh, "Oh, why are you going south to King's Landing?" and she takes a swig of wine, like she's getting prepared to kick ass, right? And then she says, yeah. to "Kill the queen!" To kill the queen. So. If she was worried about guest rights, uh, I think she would have lied, but she said it almost as left like, I'm going to say this. And if you guys fucking pull your swords out, I'm going to kill you all. Um, so she seemed <laughs> oh, like yeah, she was she- prepared to do that shit. So I, I don't think guest rights would have stopped her in that scenario. So that's well, not if problem. they attacked her first. Yeah. I mean, maybe she was trying to provoke them when they didn't re- respond uh, in an aggressive manner. Then she just said, OK, uh, I guess I'm going to. Uh, have some some of what I guess that was a rabbit. It looked like a dog, like a chihuahua. It did kind of look like a dog. Yeah, delicious. Mm. Yeah, you guys hate dogs, famously. All right, so uh, let's see. Where do we go next? What well, did you have a problem with uh, the fourth song being introduced? Oh yes, yes I did. Thank you for bringing up another gripe. <laughs> Why did you do that, Brian? <laughs> yes. So for the listener at home, go in, uh, dog. Go in. So let's do it. Okay, so. Let's hear the song that he was singing exists in the books and it was written by a singer who was trying to get close to Shay and he wrote the song as a form of blackmail um, to Tyrion and he says like I'm going to sing this song and unless you give me all this shit and the song is basically talking about how Tyrion has a secret lover and the 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 lyric that's in the show which makes no sense in the show's universe is uh, the hands of gold are always cold, but a woman's hands are warm. Well, that is alluding to Tyrion's chain of office for being hand of the king. Because in the books, the hand of the king wears a golden chain, which is interlocking hands. And in the show, it's a weird pin with a, a dagger thing that sticks down. He gets another one from Danny. So the song makes no fucking sense in the, in the show universe. And number two, what the fuck? Fuck you. <laughs> fuck that tomato face <laughs> the motherfucker. Guy's on yeah. Listen, I, I don't care. Okay, Coldplay was on the show. Uh, fucking, what was it? Mastodon. Mastodon, right. yeah. Neither of them had any speaking lines, so neither of them got a fucking SAG card. Meanwhile, this fucker says like, yeah, it's new. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. Fuck that guy. Fuck Eric Shanlong or whatever his name is. Uh, he'll be forgotten. Well, just be happy. <laughs> Next episode, he's dead on the ground. So at least you'll get that. I had some that, creep uh, vibes resolution. from one of the guys. Do you remember the one guy that looked a little slow who was like, like this is Blackberry wine. I made it myself. I was like, oh, God, this is going right. to be like that slow guy from leaving Las Vegas. It's not going to be he's good. He's got the rape eye. Yes, exactly. He has that like weird. My. I was always told you'd be good to strangers. They'll be good to you. And I was like, Oh God, that sounds a little creepy. <laughs> yeah. Doug, Doug is a real problem with, uh, being nice to other people <laughs> in game of Thrones. Land, yes. All right. So we go to, uh, the hound and the gang. Uh, it's the doctors without borders on horses. They're having a fun conversation, giving each other the business. Uh, when they, the hound and, Primarily, he's speaking to Thoros, become upon, upon a cabin that seems deserted. Hound thinks it's a trap and um, 
and Thoros wants to uh, leave. Hound then hilariously makes fun of uh, Thoros's man bun toupee. Uh, <laughs> everyone enters the cabin and find a couple of dead bodies. Um, and it, I thought this might be who somebody from that we've seen before, which was later confirmed. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, I was in the previously uh, on. Like, if you watch the previously on, they showed oh, this, okay. yeah. this, these people, and I was like, why are they showing them? And this is yeah. why. Yep. So uh, the Hound and Barrick discuss uh, how they died. It looks like it was a murder-suicide, likely because they were starving. And if you recall, the Hound stole this, this family's last money after they offered to take him in and give him a job. So, But that was a long time ago. So the Hound and Barrick discuss their friendship uh, and how they met each other. Barrick questions why the Lord of Light, uh, or actually the Hound questions Barrick as to why the Lord of Light continues to bring it back. He's just your average dude, which Barrick doesn't have any good reason for why, which the Hound remarks, of course, that, um, you know, that they fall in this God, but they don't have any idea what they're actually doing or why they're doing it. So then Thoros calls Glane over to the fire and tells him to look at the fire. The Hound stares at the fire and sees uh, sees the wall. And uh, which and actually apparently East watched by the sea, I believe, and sees a army of the dead match marching past the hill. Barrington approaches and says, do you believe me now? And that we're here for a reason. Thoros begins hearing uh, and then that scene kind of ends. And then we see Thoros asleep on the floor. He awakes hearing noises, goes outside to see Kuglane is burying the dead. And then Thoros begins pitching in. And now it's uh, absolutely apparent that it's the family that was seen in the previews. And Kuglane says that the. Uh, that he didn't really know them, but uh, he uh, he he knew of them. So it's a, it's I, I, it's a good scene. I thought, um, you yeah. know, I thought uh, Clegane that now. I, I, I but wasn't what wasn't clear to me, Doug, in, in German. It's it's is Clegane seeing like something magical, or does he have some kind of power, or is he just yeah? Kind of I don't know. Horning in on somebody else's power. Don't yeah. know, dude. I like yeah. The this whole. I think I think he's my favorite character in the whole show, just everything throughout every season. And, you know, the whole face in the fire, I think it's, it was for a reason. You know, this is all playing into it. Right. I don't know what it is. You know, I'm sure there's some resolution this season, next season. But it, it just it, it's George R. R. doing his thing and it just all. It's going to come together somehow. Yeah, I, I got to, uh, I hate to do it, but I got to agree with German. Um, I think yes. right before, because yes. right before in the scene, uh, Clegane goes, when it's just my luck to be stuck with idiots who worship fire. And I was, I thought right before that, I was like, <laughs> this guy's, like, he doesn't want to hear about fire. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. but, but it makes sense. I, 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 but here's my problem with it too, is Melisandre got Stannis to look into the flames in the show wasn't in the book or anything. Yes. And, and she's like, can you see it? And he's like, yeah, I see it. So it seems like almost either, almost anybody can do this if they just try hard enough to look at fire or we're just seeing people that are special enough to do it. And we're firsthand when they do it. I don't know. Like, it's not very clear, right? Yeah, I mean, it could be like the priests, like, uh, Melisandre and, Thoros can yeah help people look in the fire and then make yeah and then make them see something who knows uh if it's nefarious or it's just it is what it is they I mean they see genuine he's like I don't know why I keep coming back you know I I don't get it and Thoros doesn't get it but 
you look in the fire and you can see something. So it means but overall, there's this, something bigger going on. I, I love the acting. I love the amount of shit talk that was here. I thought it was genuinely funny. And oh, it seems awesome. <laughs> you're not fooling anyone. You dumb, bald. Cunt. Oh, God. And I wrote <laughs> yeah, down. I don't, I don't use that enough. I don't use that enough. You dumb, bald. Cunt. I, 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 I wrote down the worst thing a man can do when he's balding is grow his hair long. And I've seen it a million times and it's awful. Like balding yeah. men with long dreads, ugh, like, or anything. It's just, ugh, it's awful. Just don't do it. Cut, shave your head. Uh, but yeah, those people look like they've been dead for years and maybe they were, but like, it seemed like winter just showed up and they're like, oh, well they probably starved as soon as winter got here. I don't know. That's a nitpick. But overall, I did appreciate this scene, and uh, one thing I did write down is this is trying to show that Clegane has changed as a person, whereas I question how much he changed last season. Remember how, like, he's a different man now. Was he really? Because he didn't seem, like, when he was talking to Ian McShane for the one episode he was in, he was still, like, a rude motherfucker. He just wasn't actively killing people anymore, and that was it. Like, he was still, like, the same shitty attitude person we've grown to new and love uh, I didn't feel like he changed much but I guess this is the first evidence that we had that he's changed I don't know so I, I enjoyed the scene a lot do you think they're ever going to show us what's in the flames or there's going to no, keep I, that a mystery I think they would have the done show. it there oh by the way let's talk about the flame vision so he says he's staring at the wall and then there's an explosion he talks about Eastwatch by the sea and there's an explosion now the explosion could be just a scene change like the fire is like dissolve smash cut to because he says now I see a mountain that looks like an arrowhead and the army of the dead going by in thousands but right before that the explosion in the fire I gotta think that's telegraphing the fall of the wall at Eastwatch maybe or Uh, I'm not sure yeah that would be an explanation certainly this all this all ends at East Watch by the Sea. That's it, right? East Watch by the Sea is what they call it. Yep. Yes. And they mentioned um, it twice in this episode. Once with uh, yeah, John exactly. earlier. So that's where Tormund's going. So I don't think we oh, got to that Oh, actually, that makes yet, sense. Actually. No, we did. Because yeah. tor- because in the beginning, um, uh, Tormund's like, which one's over by the water? And John's like, that's East Watch by the Sea. That's where I'm going. And it makes sense from what we've yeah. seen in the previews because Tormund hooks up with Clegane and Dondarian, right? Yes. I think that's all coming to a head at that point. So I guess each and, uh, East Watch by the Sea is going to get some play this, this season. That's exciting. Yeah, hopefully it's like it's the hard home episode of this season. Could be. Um, but I'm just happy to have Thoros and Barrack uh, back because they're, they're just super cool characters. And he's got a flaming sword. And, yeah, uh, I'm curious to see how that just, plays the, out. The, especially that uh, that uh, Clegane's in there, like just all of them together is just a it's a good time. Yeah, it's like a magnificent seven, you know, wild bunch kind of deal. These guys are all like a collection of shitty people that are like anti heroes. Could be good. Yep, agreed. All right. So, uh, second to last scene, we go back to Sam. He's trying wait, wait, to wait, Doug. Uh, you're not gonna, you're not gonna do the uh, the reference to the grave digger. Oh yes, as, uh, I, I I did mention. I did think about that, but uh, I didn't think it was worth mentioning. So in the book, Brian. Oh, so I bring up something that's not worth mentioning, is what you're saying. <laughs> You've been thinking about it and go, you know what? That's not worth it. That's absolutely the case. 
Yeah. What a jerk. But let's now that you mention it, let's talk about it. So it, Yeah, do it. Celebrate it. But once again, it's it's this mixing of like giving fan service, but anybody who'd recognize a fan service would be insulted by it or go like, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Just like the, the fucking golden hand song from earlier. All right. So in the book, Brienne sees like a tall dude uh, who's quiet digging graves at the quiet aisle, which is a monastery. Uh, and it turns out that that's the hound. Uh, so he was digging graves. That's was his job at the monastery. Just digging graves for people. That's what he did. So he was a grave digger. Um, and he's basically been undefeated in every WrestleMania until like two years ago. <laughs> but uh, that's it. Fans. That's <laughs> it. Because I don't think he did grave digging when we saw him with the um, the Deadwood guy. Did we? Did we see any of that? Uh, no, he did a lot of chopping. Yeah, the that's right. Carrying. It was. It was. Yeah. It was logging. Log jamming. Yeah. Hey, jogging. Jogging. Yes. Okay, so moving on, unless there's anything else you want to point out, Jermaine? No, no. Now, keep in mind, I did compliment you earlier. I said that was a great uh, nod about picking up on Clegane uh, uh, being burned and then having some connection to the burned god or the fire god. Good job. But don't let it go to your head. Thank you. Okay, so Sam's trying to do some uh, work at home, but his goddamn kid and fucking wife are just being annoying. <laughs> Right, <laughs> Sam. Uh, he's just trying to do some research. He's tired, uh, and he's reading the stolen, you know, scary books from the restricted section of the library. And he just stumbles upon. <laughs> he stumbles upon a confirmation, not even new data. He stumbles upon confirmation of what John heard from Stannis. Stannis said, "Hey, we got plenty of dragon glass on uh, Dragonstone, uh, and we're just getting a confirmation of that." And Sam's like, "I've got to write John right now." Um, and John even, and fucking Sam even says there's a mountain of it. And, and Brian, do you remember two weeks ago when we covered like the second to last episode of season five? Like, I think uh, it's yeah. John or Sam. And I pointed out, I go, we would need a mountain of dragon glass. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Good point. I said that specifically. I was like, what a weird fucking like unit of measure. Yeah. <laughs> you don't measure my mountains. <laughs> and then you yeah, to say the same thing. Uh, I've it's got just a mountain too, of flint here at home. It's just too fucking like annoying and lazy. Uh, but okay. So then later, uh, Sam is doing his duties, taking away plates. Wait, 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 wait. Two things. Okay. I, I, I did some research. Okay. If you, in the book, if you pause on those pages, in the book, um, you can pause whenever you want. You just like, stop reading. He's flipping through the book. Oh, you mean the in the show? In the scene. In you might to rewind on that joke. Rewind and delete. Yeah, Jermaine. There was, there was no, no joke. Dog. No, duck. No, I thought he was talking uh, about the book. Like we refer yeah, to the book as the about source material. The book, not the, the book scene. in the show. Right. Anyways, I think so, we should keep uh, this going. Page, yeah, one page had the dagger that was all the way back in the first season. Yeah, I noticed that, that dragon, dragon bone dagger. The one that was trying to, the guy used to kill um, Bran, and right. it's traveled around now. I think it with either Sansa or Littlefinger or somebody, and, I can't remember who has it. And there's promo shots of Arya having it on her waist, and people have pointed that uh-huh. out. So it might come back and play a role. Who knows? And then... I didn't. I 
I somebody else found this out. I read online today, but the next page there's mentions of dragon glass curing things. And I think that's where feeds into the next scene, but the cure for grayscale. Look at this. How about that? So this isn't as good of a, I'm not going to give you all the accolades in the world because you're just repeating something you saw online. Unlike the, I think the Sandor thing was your original thought. So, but still not bad, uh, Jermaine. Uh, Cause that like makes a little bit more sense. I was like, why, why is this just kind of tacked on? Uh, but let me go through it and we'll, we'll break down if we yep. need to. So Sam is, uh, taking up, uh, I guess plates of people's food that are, you know, almost like jail cells, but I guess it's quarantine folks because Sam takes away one plate and a gross arm covered in grayscale sticks out. And sure enough, it's our boy Jorah. And he asks, has she come yet? And he's like, what are you talking about, dude? It's like the dragon queen. And he's like, I haven't heard anything yet. <laughs> Is this uh, like the burn ward of the Citadel? I was trying I, to figure out. I think so. I think it's like the people like infectious disease. Study. Yes. It's a, um, what is it? The what's the place in Atlanta from walking dead? That's a real place. CDC. Real CDC. Yeah. Centers for disease control. Nope. That's not it. It's something else. Yeah. <laughs> you uh, but yeah. Okay. So, so Jor is there and his plan to find a cure was to just get locked up in the Citadel and have those idiots <laughs> give him <laughs> porridge or whatever. I didn't seem like he was getting jail. Yeah, it didn't seem like anybody is actively treating him. Maybe we're just seeing Sam's part in it, but still. That's where Jorah yeah, is. Yeah, I don't know what... That was really weird. I, I don't know what what that was all about. Also, it was bizarre that they they know that this disease is passed through, like, touching, where, I mean, Jorah yeah. could have grabbed Sam if he wanted to. I said like, the what, same what thing. What was that all about? Or, the, or, yeah. or Sam's just grabbing that plate full of, like discarded food without some kind of like Lysol wipe between him and the plate. You think like if it's, if it's passed on by touch, you know, maybe touching like a rail, you ever touch a rail in a New York city subway, Jesus Christ, you know, you get infectious diseases from that shit. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I don't know. There should be some more, some kind of a scene. Maybe, maybe the plate full on grayscale. To like give it to somebody. I don't know. We don't know what the rules are about this shit either. So who knows? Yeah, well, it's also you typically before diseases are understood, people are a lot more scared of the disease than they need to be. Like if you recall AIDS, people thought it could be passive touching. You would think that they'd just be terrified of this thing and not, you know, have them like in a cage and just throw food down into the cage. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like I guess you want to cage up diseased people. Uh, the ones, the ones that we're scared of, sure, why not? But here's my problem no, of too. I, it's because I agree. I agree. Okay, so we we presume that the Macers have been working on grayscale for, ooh, I'm gonna say a century. Like, why go to yep. them now? Like, it's not like they're doing anything. Like, are they like, oh, we're this close to a breakthrough, Mister Joris? Or if you just want to come to our hospital, we have great, great, great amenities. We got a dark room. <laughs> And we can lock you up. And we got porridge. Uh, no yard time. <laughs> we got porridge that looks like shit and shit that looks like porridge. Yeah. <laughs> Some days we don't know which one is which. So, uh, yeah, that I'm was done. weird. Also, what the fuck is Gilly doing there? They made a whole point of how the Citadel does not allow women. 
And then she's inexplicably there. But she's not in the, I don't know. She's, I don't know where Sam is. It looks like he has an off campus apartment. Although they showed the lighthouse, but the lighthouse is not where the Citadel or the, the Maesters learn. I think it's just the lighthouse. Um, so, but it seemed like he did have off campus housing. I guess that's the explanation, but they would, you wouldn't think they allow him to continue to be a maester if he's broken his vows of chastity. So I, I don't know. I don't know. It seems weird. Brings up questions and there's no explanation for it. That, and they spent so much time before on this dumb storyline of him taking her to his dad's and how they were going to pretend that he was his wife and just all this other stuff. Then to just kind of abandon it and just say, no, oh, you're there now. Uh, seemed I odd need to more Sam story. Well, you know what? That's a good point, Jermaine. So I'm very glad that I don't know what's going on with it. <laughs> All right. So I've got I've, I've got some like fan fiction shit going now. So after Jermaine said that uh, Dragonglass might cure uh, Grayscale. So here we go. Sam cures Jorah. And then Sam's dad comes to town. And Sam gives Jorah the, the sword. And Jorah beats him up in like a Revenge of the Nerds. He was good to the jock guy and then the jock's gonna beat up the nerds enemies i don't know i'm just that's the first draft don't don't they know nerds is cool (laughs) nerds is cool now yeah all right anything else to say about uh sam and uh swilly no nope all right take us on all right next we go to danny and the crew on a boat uh with dragons flying around very cool shot they arrive in westeros apparently at dragonstone they make land and uh, Danny dramatically touches the sand uh, as is uh, overplayed trope, in my opinion. Um, so the crew approaches the large the gate and open it. Apparently there's no guards there. It's not locked. They discover it's been abandoned. Uh, Danny quietly walks through and uh, makes your way through some real, really good shots as well. Uh, kind of the path up there was really interesting looking. Eventually, Danny finds that cool table that we talked about. Uh, after a while, uh, or several seasons ago, where um, previously Stannis was uh, at a Dragonstone, after I guess quite a long silent tour, Danny turns to Tyrion and says, "Let's get this party started." Yeah. And then they they right? play Black Eyed Peas. Let's get retarded. Yeah, the original version. Yeah, not the Brian's clean favorite. version. Mm-hmm. So I felt this lacked emotional impact, and I felt like this was supposed to be my yes khaleesi moment and it just wasn't yes. it's just like this is supposed to happen yeah. like i'm not going to congratulate you for graduating high school this is what you're supposed to do you know you're supposed to be here yeah and this also feeds into the the whole thing where we had a lot of problems as the series went on where they kind of gave danny bullshit uh yes khaleesi moments that just were stupid or they've been repeated before like they must have ended like five episodes with her just riding a dragon and that stupid music playing. Um, so I, I agree with you. I, I did not think that this was the reveal or as much import as they, I think that the show producers thought that it actually had. Um, I, I was, I'm with you. I just kind of thought was, yeah, well, she's here. Great. Let's get the party started. Yeah. I mean, she, I, I felt like she left on ships from Essaros. At the Essos. end of Essa, whatever. Oh, you fucking nerds. All right. Uh, but yeah, she left. So presumably she's not going to like turn around and go home. <laughs> Does it, I mean, right. do you understand what I'm saying? Like, I feel like 
both. Yeah. So this also has my problem with the Walter scene that opened the episode. Both these things were kind of rehashing. Uh, we knew it was Arya as soon as we saw Walter Frey on screen because the last thing we saw Walter Frey has got his throat slit, so we know what's going to happen. It was kind of expected. Right. Uh, and then here, Danny had already left with all their ships. I, I, I don't know. It just it, this didn't do anything. Like this is just like okay, yeah, this is the same situation. We were. She's coming to Westeros. Okay, she's in Westeros. That you have progressed. It's supposed to be muted. It's supposed to be somber. It's supposed to be. And it's supposed to be impactful, just, which it's fucking not. That's the problem. Emotionally yeah. impactful, at least for me and Brian. I don't know about you, Jermaine. Did you get. Did your Khaleesi muscles clench I, up? I'm, I'm dead inside, so I don't have any emotion. It's true. Um, yeah, and they, they in the after the scenes, uh, D&D discussed how they purposely didn't have anyone speak because they thought it would carry more weight if she they were quiet throughout yeah the whole right thing. they were just high demonstra- they were all coked up demonstra- and like i can't think of what to say candy. yeah <laughs> so, but i just i didn't i don't know uh it just didn't do it for me i, I will sure say will enjoy it but I, not me i will say dragonstone's fucking cool like when you get yes. i mean stannis was there and you yeah, just heard i feel like it, it, it was yeah about nothing ever happened but now you see it like the whole walk up and all the dragon art and the carvings. Well, I feel like it's cool now. Yeah, I feel like that's not the same Dragonstone Stannis was in. Like like Brian said, they have money now. Yeah. Could like, be. The only I think, thing I think they just spent most of the time in that the map room in Dragonstone. I don't right. think they actually showed. We didn't see the throne about- room. The weird throne room with that like stone chair that looks a lot like yeah. the marine uh throne room only dark. Uh, yeah, so we got it, in, but now at least we get to see all of it, and it was really cool. Yeah, it would have been cooler if we would have seen it earlier, but you know, budgetary concerns, I guess. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, I would have also liked to seen uh, Danny arrive with her entire entourage, including the the Tyrells yeah, or the and the Greyjoys. Yeah, the Greyjoys, the Tyrells, the uh, Sand Skanks. Like, just <laughs> like if they're gonna be along for the ride, just like show them. I don't know. Sounds like you want a dance party with everybody. (laughs) He wanted a dance party. (laughs) He wanted the Ewoks dancing at the end of the movie. That's all. He wanted everything. (laughs) Jub, jub. That's all he ever wants. Yeah. So overall, uh, you know my opinion now. How do I put this into a number? So I could give it a, you know, a percentage, but that's not what we do here. So it's five point scale and a point five increments. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give it a four. Uh, I think I was taken by the hype and I expected at least something more epic this opening episode, although I should have not because it's a episode one for a season and they have to set the table. But I still feel like it didn't hit as hard as it could have. But a lot of good scenes. uh, I give it four hot dogs out of five hot dogs. Um, I, and my criticism is the same. If we weren't so thirsty for this thing, I, I think we might may have panned it. Um, but it's still, I think it was entertaining. It was very entertaining. So, uh, I just wish more would have happened. Yep. Jermaine. I, uh, I also give it a four out of five. Um, it, Whoa. this is crazy. It, I don't think we've ever had a unanimous rating. Yeah. I, I liked it, man. It, Everybody I had questions about or what was going on, it showed, um, you know, made some connections of people like the 
Jora, same connection. You're like, whoa, that was pretty cool. Um, I, see, that just flew right by I, me. I didn't notice a connection at all. But now that you said it, I guess it makes sense. Um, the just, I mean, seeing it again, obviously, was good. But I think they've learned. Hopefully, I'm, I won't say I, they've learned. There wasn't really a wasted scene in this episode. There wasn't garbage. I, but um, I, but there was wasted because they were just like, repeated a lot of things that we already knew. I mean, that that nothing, nothing of real substance happened. I mean, all the Freys are dead. Uh, but Walter Frey was dead. Who gives a fuck? Walter Frey was dead. You would think the yeah, Freys would. Was dead. I mean, the best case scenario is they devolve into a civil war because they all hate each other and they're vying for power. So like, I mean, everybody, yeah, everybody's angry at each other, but there's not like we're not. I don't feel like we're any a step closer to a big battle between all the families of Westeros. Daenerys is on Westeros with everybody. But she's already going to be there. Yeah, I she mean, was, maybe they took a half step forward. She was I mean, she was on her way yeah. at the end of last season for sure. And now she's there. Great. I guess. And yeah. now she's going to get ready to leave. And then she's going to put on her <laughs> shoes. She'll be here. <laughs> They're going to do Marine again. She's going to be in Dragonstone for seven episodes. No, the no, next she definitely will be, in. Be, be her redecorating and fixing up the Dragonstone. Should I put those red banners in the fight. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I do cool. think they're going to be, I, I agree. It's good guys. Uh, Jermaine is giving me shit for criticizing this show, but I criticize it because I love the story and I, I think this is great television. I, I really do. I just think it could be slightly better. Um, but that being said, like I said, four out of five stars. That's yeah. if I were to convert that to a percentage, I don't know what it would be. But uh, that, that's <laughs> they don't make those kinds of numbers. They I don't, don't think. I don't think they've invented a calculator for a? it. Uh, but yeah, I, this is the reason they. This is like the behind dark matter. Yeah. Same kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Who can understand quantum so, physics? You can just can't. All right, we're rambling. Yeah, we're rambling, guys, uh, but thank you for sticking with us. The audio quality was terrible this week. It'll be back. I've got my computer, I think, in two days, and then I'll be back to the normal silky, smooth sounds of uh, my complaining. Uh, And uh, I guess we'll have Jermaine back on at some point. My loins can handle it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, Mm. (laughs) All right, guys. guys. Thank you. And uh, thanks for rating and reviewing us on iTunes. We shot up like a rocket. So we're now number one. If you search Game of Thrones, go ahead and do it. I dare you. Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll be back next week. See you guys next Tuesday. Take care. Adios.